This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Look forward to doing this show with you every week because we talk about your mind. We talk about you, your attitude, your focus. I have been a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area now for 38 years. This is my 28th year on radio, and our show is now being syndicated around the country in numerous cities. Look forward to doing this show with you each week as we delve into your mind, your focus, your attitude, how you as a coach deal with your athletes, how you as your as an athlete handle pressure, how do you perform. I've been fortunate enough to have been working, as I said, for 38 years as a sports psychologist with athletes at all levels of competition, from pro and Olympic teams down to college teams, high school teams, youth sports. And I love doing this show because we talk about how you perform. We talk about how you deal with all kinds of issues on and off the athletic field. And, you know, one of the things that I find fascinating about sports is how the best athletes are able to focus. How are they able to perform under pressure? I've talked for years, I I talk about four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. And I see those four words as I call the keys to success. You know, how do you get prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally? What are the things you do to get ready to compete? Then the next word is focus, which is about your concentration. How do you concentrate? What do you concentrate on? And what are the distractions that get in the way? That then takes us to attitude how you feel about what you're doing. Are you positive, negative, or as I always like to say, do you have a positive, realistic attitude? Our society today has so much negativity in it. There's so much anger and hostility from the political world on down that so many people are just so negative with so many things. And it's harder to be positive. It's harder to have a positive, realistic attitude, I think, because of this negativity that exists. And then that takes us to the key of it all, self-confidence. Confidence is that belief in yourself, that belief in your abilities and skills. So when you put those things together, from a psychological perspective, you've got a great opportunity to succeed. If you're prepared properly, You're able to focus and deal with distractions. 
you've got a positive, realistic attitude and you allow yourself to build your confidence, you'll have a better chance to succeed. But when it comes to focusing, I'm going to get into that today. I want to talk about how you focus and what distracts you when you compete. And it doesn't matter to me what sport you play. It doesn't matter what level you're at. But what are the distractions that get in the way that affect your concentration and focus when you're playing? You know, right now we've got the NBA and NHL playoffs going on. Golf is in full swing. Baseball's in full swing. We've got tennis tournaments going on every week. The ability to focus and eliminate distractions is such a key for people to succeed. But one of the reasons many people have troubles and difficulty is they get distracted by two things, external things, the things around them, but also internally what they're thinking. I always tell athletes, oftentimes, sometimes it's better to not be so smart and be an athlete. Because if you're smart and you're a thinker, you want solutions. And if you're smart and you're a thinker, you look for solutions, sometimes you get stuck in your head and you think too much. And I get that a lot with a lot of athletes. The really good athletes, who are also very bright, are able to sort of compartmentalize their thinking when they're competing. What I mean by that is they don't let themselves get caught up in their head and in their thoughts. They're able to sort of take that thinking process, that thought process, and put it off to the side and just concentrate on the moment. But that oftentimes can be a problem if you think too much. Let's say you're a golfer and you hit a ball out of bounds. You start focusing on the fact that you hit the ball out of bounds, then you've got to hit another shot and you don't want to hit it out of bounds because you hit the last one out of bounds and you're thinking about hitting it out of bounds. So what happens on the next shot? OB again. You're a tennis player. You double fault. And you think too much about, why did I double fault? I don't want to double fault the next serve. Well, then you hit the next one in the net, and the next one out, you double fault again. One Major League Baseball player I worked with for a long time. We, we came to a point where he had to change his thinking at the plate. Because he said also, he had so many issues looking at the scoreboard. And he'd get distracted looking at the scoreboard. And then he'd think about how bad his average was. And then he'd tell himself, quote, I suck, Doc. So he'd go up to the plate thinking how bad he was. And guess what happened? Strike out, pop up. So we talked about that. He said, you've got to change your focus from everything around you to inside. And he was a bright guy. Focus on your breathing. Focus on your concentration. And, And... And quite frankly, aren't you supposed to be focusing on the pitcher, not the scoreboard? So that became an issue for him that he had to learn to deal with, which he did and got better. So here's our topic today. How do you focus? What do you do to focus? And what are the distractions that get in the way of your sports competition? If you're an athlete, I'd like to hear from you. What are the things you do to concentrate better? What are the things you do to try to keep yourself focused on the task at hand? If you're a coach, how do you help your athletes concentrate? How do you help them focus and not get distracted? Because let's face it, if you perform, 
at anything, you're going to get distracted. There will be distractions along the way. It can be the crowd. It can be the coaches. It can be your teammates. It can be your opponents. And it can be internal things. So if you're a coach, what do you do to help your athletes focus? And what? Do you, how do you recognize, if you're a coach, I want to hear from you, how do you recognize that you have an athlete who's not concentrating the way they should? I want to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you help your athletes focus and concentrate? What are the distractions that get in the way? If you're an athlete, what do you do to keep your concentration going the way you want it to? And what are the things that get in your way? Are they external distractions or internal distractions? One of the biggest issues in youth sports today for kids is dealing with their parents in the stands, not focusing on them and focusing on the coaches, focusing on the game. I hear it all the time, and I've seen it back when my kids were younger. There are always moms or dads in the stands yelling at their kids, telling them what to do, and they start looking at their parents instead of focusing on what they're doing and get distracted. So our topic today is the ability to focus. How do you focus? What do you do to focus when you're playing, when you're competing? I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, you're an athlete, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us. But it was exciting. 
I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans. But in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't even bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And we're, I'm talking to you from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. I have been in practice for 38 years as a sports psychologist. And today's topic, how do you focus? How do you focus under pressure? How do you deal with distractions? What are the distractions that get in the way of your ability to concentrate? And I think a lot of it has to do with how well you get prepared. How do you get prepared before you compete and play? So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach and you have an athlete who gets distracted, how do you help them? What do you say to them? What do you try to get them to understand about what they need to do to concentrate better? Are they external things, like the things going on around them? Or can you tell that it's what they're thinking? As a coach, what do you do? You know, for years and years and years, I hear coaches yell, you got to concentrate better. you got to focus better. Get your mind in the game. For years, I've sold my bowling visualization exercise, and we had an ad in bowling magazines back in the 90s said, get your mind out of the gutter. Actually, I thought that was a pretty good pretty good line there, get your mind out of the gutter for a bowling exercise. But it's about being able to focus and concentrate. It's, it's very difficult for kids to learn how to concentrate when they get distracted. Now, if you have ADD or ADHD, 
attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, you get distracted all the time. And it's really hard to focus. That's where medication can help. But I don't want to talk about medication. I want to talk about you. So if you're a coach and you have an athlete who is not concentrating well, what do you tell them? You say, hey, you got to concentrate more. But do you tell them how to do it? Want to open up our phone lines, get some calls in here. As always, the show, we get we got calls as the show winds down. But I like so we can get some calls early today. If you're a coach and you have an athlete on your team who isn't concentrating, what do you do to help them concentrate better? Do you yell at them? Do you talk to them? Do you ask them what's going on? I mean, that's one of the things. I hear a lot of coaches tell kids you got to concentrate better, but they don't tell them how to do it. One of the keys is with breathing. Now, obviously, we all have to breathe or we won't be alive. But using breathing as a cue, as a focusing cue, there's a term I've used for years, focusing cue. Have something to concentrate on and use breathing to help you focus on that. Now, if you watch the really great athletes, whether shooting a free throw, hitting a baseball, hitting a golf ball, tennis ball, bowling, whatever it might be, They'll take a deep breath, sort of hunch up their shoulders and blow it out through their mouth. Just take a deep exhale and exhale real heavily and use that exhale as a focus on what they want to do. It not only relaxes you physically, it relaxes you mentally. It helps you concentrate better. So one of the keys to focusing better has to do with breathing. Use your breathing as a cue to concentrate on what you want to do. talked many times on this show for years I worked with Nick Lowry the Chiefs field goal kicker who when he retired was the most accurate kicker in football history and Nick had a routine when he'd come onto the field he'd line up the the field goal mark the spot where he's going to kick from step back 10 yards visualize the kick focus on the kick step up mark off his steps take a look take a deep exhale and go Taking a deep exhale and breathing helps dramatically if you want to focus better. But I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, what do you tell your athletes? What do you say to your athletes if they're having trouble concentrating? Do you get angry at them? Do you tell them to focus better? Or do you give them some ideas on what to do? And what are the distractions that get in the way? If you're an athlete, what distracts you when you're competing? Is it the external stuff going on, people saying things, the environment around you, or is it what you're thinking about? If you're a smart person, if you're a thinker, you look for solutions. You want to solve problems. So if you're not playing well in your chosen sport, you're going to sit there and think about it. The question is, if you start thinking too much do you start getting so caught up in your head, you lose the ability to concentrate on what's going on? I also think that sometimes the coach is a distraction in the sense that a player puts too much pressure on themselves because a coach is, you know, so, it, whether it be their coaching style 
or the demands they're putting on the player that you start thinking about, oh, if I make a state mistake, whether it be on the court or the field, what is my coach going to say when I get off the I get to the sideline or something of that nature? Chris, did that ever happen to you? That, yeah, a few times, like when I played in high school or anything. Um, not not so much. It was more so in football than in basketball. Um, never in track. Track's very. It was track was very laid back for me, and it was a lot. It just it was. It's a it's a different sport, and I had different coaches for that. Um, and it, it, I don't know. It, it wasn't like that in track, but in football it was like that, where I started to you know get to thinking about oh if I make a mistake on this play, like what you know my coach is going to say to me on the sideline, blah blah blah. Um, also, well there. Excuse me. So see, right there, you're hitting on on what I was talking about about the thinking part. Then you start thinking too much, and you're worrying about what the coach is going to say. Yeah, yeah, I I think that was the case, and that's I didn't get the best out of myself. I think in my senior year of football that I could have, but I I mean I was still a great a, a good player. I had you know colleges looking at me. I decided not to play in college, but I think not being able to play as loose as I could have did affect my play at some point. So in did games. you did you overcome that or did that basically do you in? Um, it didn't do me in. I, I just think there were certain times where I thought I could have done better. Like after games, I was like, dang, I could have played a little better today than I, than I did. But there was also other external forces. Like I was taking 18 hours of college credit and, you know, having to get up at six every morning. So by the Friday nights, I was drained mentally throughout the week. So you just hit on something I was hoping somebody comment on today. And that's the whole issue of sleep. Okay. A lot of people, when it comes to focusing and distractions, one of the issues for them is they don't get enough sleep. And rest is a key component to all this. You know, the ability to focus and concentrate, when you learn how to do it, can become a routine. It can become something you become very good at. But it's learning to deal with all the externals that are around you. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, what are the distractions that get in the way of your concentration when you're competing? Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, I'm here every week talking about the ability to focus and dealing with distractions this morning. Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. 
There are many sounds in your day-to-day -day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Um, hello, it's me. The designer jeans in your closet. The back of your closet. What am I doing here? Would you keep caviar in the back of your fridge with the ketchup and old milk? Yeah, I don't think so. So what happened to us? I mean, have you seen my label? I used to summer in the Hamptons and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Sure, I never really fit you quite right, and one of my pockets is so small you can't even squeeze your hand into it. But it's all about the look. And I look good. I need to get back out on the scene so I can be seen. You know, going to fancy parties, getting expensive iced coffees, Sunday fun days, okay? So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. From our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the ability to focus. What do you do to concentrate to your best? What are the distractions that get in the way? If you are a coach, part of your job is to not only teach fundamentals, but is to be a psychologist to your athletes, especially at the youth sport and high school level. And it goes up to the professional Olympic and collegiate level as well. But really at younger levels, part of your job is to be a psychologist. You have to help 
your athletes understand not just how to swing a bat or catch a ball or run a certain way, but how to concentrate on what they're doing. In order for you to do the best job you can, you have to understand your athletes on an individual basis. And what I mean by that is you have to understand what motivates them, what are their goals for playing, what are the sources of pressure that may force them to concentrate too hard or get too intense and lose their ability to focus. One of the greatest distractions that I find with kids today are parents, grandparents, or coaches, basically adults, feeling like they're letting them down. They'll hear a comment during a game from a parent, maybe not their parent, maybe it'd be the parent of a teammate or an opponent. And then they'll start thinking about what's wrong with them and they'll get down on themselves. They'll get really negative. And then what happens is they don't do well, they get upset, then the emotional part comes up. One of the most interesting stories in sports that's happened lately to me is the story of Chris Davis, the first baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. Chris Davis has been in a slump, never heard of before. He went 0 for 57 this year and last year. 57 straight at-bats without a hit. And then guess what happened to him? He didn't just get one hit. He went three for four. Two doubles and a single in a game against Boston. Now, not only did he get one hit, he got three. So when you sit there and talk about focusing, what's he thinking about when he's coming up every bat, when he's 0 for 33 or 0 for 35 or 0 for 44? About what he doesn't want to do, about what he doesn't want to do. I listen to quotes from him. Talking about the negativity, talking about all the pressure. His focus was so much on what he didn't want to do and what he wasn't doing. Unfortunately for him, it, it, it forced him to go over. It was 0 for 54. 54 straight at-bats without a hit as a Major League Baseball player. And what do you think everybody was asking him? When are you going to get a hit? What's wrong with you? Why can't you get a hit? I've been in Major League clubhouses. I've seen how the reporters ask questions. The pressures these guys feel are immense. And don't think when he came to bat at every opposing stadium, he was hearing it. So he had to learn to block that out and concentrate on himself. And I want to tell you, I want to congratulate that young man for for being able to deal with that. Because not many people can handle that pressure. Oh, for 57? That's amazing. And then you go three for four. Well, now I wouldn't be surprised if he starts getting a bunch of hits because the pressure's off. In Kansas City, Whit Merrifield passed George Brett with a 31-game hitting streak. Has the Royals record now for 31 straight games. The next game he went 0 for 6. Game after that he went 3 for 5. I think pressure gets to us all and it affects how we focus. So one of the things that's important as an athlete is the ability to understand what are the things that distract me mentally, 
physically, psychologically, emotionally. And as a coach, you need to work with your athletes on that. You need to help them understand, talk with them about their distractions. I don't care if it's a young man, a young woman. I don't care if they're eight, if they're 12, if they're 18. Talk to them about concentrating. Talk with them about pressure. I've mentioned many times about the book that I co-wrote with Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame pitcher Jeff Montgomery and U.S. Swimming Hall of Fame coach Pete Malone. It's called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And we talk in the book about so many different things. But our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. When you go play a sport, you want to succeed. You want to do well. Unfortunately for too many people, when they start failing, they get stuck in a rut. Sort of like the dog running back and forth in that path in the backyard gets deeper and deeper and deeper. That mental rut goes the same way. And so one of the things, you have to break the pattern. Try something different. Make a change. But a lot of it's what you hear from people. And I think as a coach, your job is to be positive and realistic, be helpful, be supportive, but be a communicator. I think for young athletes who have trouble focusing, one of their big issues is they get distracted by what they hear. And then that, in turn, affects what they think. So in practice, have a practice one day where you deal with failure with your athletes. When they make an error, if they strike out, if they hit a ball out of bounds, if they double fault, if they screw up. Talk about what are you going to do. Have a practice where you talk about parents in the stands. Have a practice where you talk about what happens when you hear your dad yelling at you behind the dugout when you strike out. Maybe nobody else hears it, but you hear it. As a coach, help these athletes understand, how am I going to handle this? All right, I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. If you're a coach and you have an athlete that has trouble concentrating, what have you done to try to help them? What are some of the distractions that athletes you coach have? How do you help them overcome that? A lot of distractions come from pressure. Pressure that's an internal type of thing. How you feel, which in turn affects how you think. Pressure comes from a lot of different sources. The external environment, people around you, expectations from people around you, and then also what you expect, what you hope, what you want. And oftentimes that pressure can make you tense up, clench up, and then as you get tight, you can't perform the way you want. So the ability to focus has a lot to do not just with how you feel, but also with what you think and how you interpret the environment around you. So I think one of the keys starts with being a good psychological coach. With your young athletes, especially, the first thing should be having fun. Enjoy the experience, play the game, enjoy what you're doing. Get the kids to learn to have fun and enjoy the environment. And then talk about what happens when they make a mistake. Don't get them upset about making mistakes. Help them accept the fact that they're going to screw up and that it's okay. Because what starts to happen is if they start to make mistakes 
and they think something's wrong with them or bad about them, then they start to tense up, they'll clench up, and they'll get tight, then they'll start worrying, then the negativity happens. It's really important that you as a coach help your athletes psychologically understand how to deal with all these situations. And I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete. I'd like to hear from you. How do you deal with pressure? How do you deal with focus? What are the distractions that get in the way? I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, Go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Excuse me, I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and today's topic is the art of focusing. We've got plenty of time left to get some calls in here. If you are a coach, I'd like to hear from you. How do you teach your athletes how to focus? And what are the distractions that get in the way of their concentration when they're competing? I think the key thing as a sports psychologist working with athletes that when people come in and tell me they have trouble focusing, they have trouble concentrating, they get distracted easily. I try to find out where that's coming from. Is it from what they're thinking, what they're feeling, or is it from the environment around them? And as I've been saying so far today, I think one of the key things to helping your athletes as a coach deal with this is having a practice or practices where you work with them on distractions, work with them on what they're doing to get distracted. Talk to them, discuss with them, ask them what distracts them, what gets in their way, what are the things that affect their focus. How much of it is what they're thinking? How much of it is what they're feeling? How much of it is what they're hearing? Your job as a coach is not just to teach the fundamentals, in my opinion, but it's also to teach them the mental aspect. How they're feeling about what they're doing, where their mindset is, and you know, I, I think when I listen to athletes, and I, and I love listening to interviews with athletes after they compete, whether they have succeeded or failed, and you'll hear so often the athletes who didn't accomplish their goals, didn't play as well as they wanted, will talk about some kind of negative thing in their head. Maybe a thought, maybe a feeling, maybe something they heard. But it will be something that they said that got in their way instead of being relaxed and in that zone. You know, you hear the term in the zone. What's that mean, being in the zone? It means being relaxed and focused. Two words, relaxed, focused. How do you get there? By experience and by learning from failure, learning from negativity, learning from screwing up. Because it happens to all of us. So when you make a mistake, when you screw up, How do you regain your focus? Well, a lot of that's from the way you've practiced. Mentally, what you do to put your mind in the right place. I've been fortunate enough to work with athletes at all levels of competition. In the 80s, I worked with our U.S. cycling program. I was the team psychologist for the Olympic team in 1984 and won nine medals, hadn't won any in 72 years. And I worked with most of those athletes on this ability. And I just recently was out in California, had breakfast with Steve Haig, who was a double medal winner, gold and silver medal winner in those Olympics. And Steve and I have maintained our relationship since the 80s. Great guy. And he was a 19-year-old young man from Dana Point, California. And he rode an event called the Individual Pursuit, which is where you ride around the track 12 laps, the velodrome. And he had to stay focused on what he was doing. And Steve will admit he gets distracted pretty easily. So we worked on his breathing and used his breathing to help him focus on that line he was focusing on riding around the track. 
He had to be aware where his opponent was, but it didn't matter. He had to focus on himself. As long as he concentrated on himself, he'd do great. He broke a world record. And then he won a gold medal in that event. And we've talked many times, and we talked about his preparation beforehand because he was from California, had a lot of family in the stands. Didn't matter. His whole concentration was on himself. But we talked about that in practice. We did things in practice where we'd have sound coming in from the from the stands we talked to him about what would get in his way mentally so he had a game plan that's why i talked earlier about preparation having a good preparation program leads to the ability to focus better so as a coach one of the things that i encourage you to do is take the time with your athletes and talk about what are your distractions what gets in your way when you're competing what do you lose your focus on is it stuff around you is it people in the stands? Is it, is it are, are noises that you hear? Or is it stuff you're thinking about? And what are the things you think about that can get in that way? A lot of those things depend on, internally, fear. Fear of failure, fear of screwing up, fear of making mistakes, fear of letting people down. Those fears, in turn, then translate into actions because then you start becoming aware of what you're afraid of. Concentration is actually pretty simple when you learn how to do it. As long as you have a plan to deal with the negativity. But if you don't have that plan and you're not prepared for it and something comes up, you've got to be able to handle that. I had a major league pitcher one time who, as a closer, blew a game in his hometown. He walked off the mound, the game was tied, and he heard people saying some pretty bad things towards him. And he told me, Doc, I was, I was, I was not happy with that. I was not unhappy with the way I pitched, but I was more unhappy with the way people were saying things, especially because my family was sitting right there. But I had to learn, you know, I learned through the things we talked about. You know, I can't worry about that. i got to focus on me. Because he had to come back. He, he came back and pitched the next inning. And actually pitched a one, two, three inning and got the win. Blew the save but got the win. And he said it was because I was able to block that out and concentrate on myself. And that came from the things we practiced and worked on. So I think as a coach, one of the things you have to do to help your athletes become successful is teach them about failure, <clears throat> teach them about negativity, Teach them about what they think in their minds that will take away their concentration in a positive way and a negative way. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We talk about these topics all the time. And I think the ability to focus is probably one of the most, you know, if you are a coach, at some point during the year, you're going to be upset at an athlete because they're not concentrating and focusing on what you want them to focus on. And you might get upset about that. The question is, though, what do you do about that to help them overcome that? How do you as a coach help them deal with that? That's where I think, like I said, a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach is a sports psychologist. It is so difficult as, a, as an athlete to be able to concentrate if you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to deal with negativity. So have a, just like you'll physically, you know, I tell athletes, 
when you physically stretch before a game, mentally stretch as well. Take the time to get your mind in the right place. Take your time to mentally be prepared. But have a game plan on how you're going to handle success or failure. Have a game plan on what you're going to do before something happens so you can handle that situation. And that's where your job as a coach comes in. Your job as a coach is to analyze your athletes, understand them, help them deal with pressure, help them deal with their focus, help them deal with their concentration, and help them understand what they're going to do when they think these things or feel these things when they're competing. If you can do that and get them to understand that, I can almost assure you you will help them succeed. My definition of winning is not coming in first place. My definition of winning is did you accomplish your goal? Let's face it. If you run a race or compete in a competition, one team, one individual is going to come in first. But everybody can be a winner if they all accomplish their goals and all do their best. And the ability to improve and get better starts with learning how to deal with this topic. Being able to focus and concentrate under pressure as well as when the pressure isn't on is just as important. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Hopefully you enjoy what we talked about today. So focusing is something we all have to do. We have to do it different aspects of our lives. There are times you have to focus better than others. But hopefully I gave you some pointers and some tips today, especially as a coach, to help your athletes be able to deal with those things. If you'd like to get a hold of me, there are a lot of ways you can reach me. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can reach me at my office, which is 816-561-5556. You can send me an email at my website at drj at winnersunlimited.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. Hope you have a great week. Take the time to focus on yourself. If you're a coach, help your athletes get better. On Sports Psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, have a great week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. 
My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't have even bothered to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans, but in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council.